hey, hey. Welcome back to the new show right here on XFM, where radio has never been better. I'm your girl Cynthia, but you know you can call me Gigs. And like I said, you're listening to the new show. And I'm here to give you the lowdown on what's happening in the world around you, from politics to general and beyond. And there is an upcoming surprise in one of the new shows to come. So keep listening to the new show because you might miss the surprise or whatever. But, you know, if you don't listen, you're going to miss the surprise. It's definitely not in this show, but in the upcoming shows, there's definitely going to be a surprise for you guys. But let's carry on with today's topic. Now, we're going to be speaking about a topic that is very, how can I say? It's like a student card in South Africa. It's a student card topic. Yes, a student card topic. A student card topic is a topic that everyone knows, that everyone hears about. It's like a student card in a university or a college or, or whatever. Every single member of that university or college has a student card, right? So in South Africa, if you live in South Africa, if you follow the news of South Africa and stuff like that, you would definitely know this. Now we are speaking about corruption. <gasps> What? Corruption? Yes, corruption. We are speaking about corruption. Corruption is definitely a student card topic in, in South Africa because we just like tired of hearing about the corruption that's happening. Now, I'm not just going to be speaking on p- corruption, but I'm going to be going into the history of corruption in South Africa. I mean, is it something that just came up recently? Is it something that has always been deeply rooted in South Africa or why is the country full of corruption, basically? So now we're going to be going into the history of corruption in South Africa. And when exactly do people believe that corruption started in South Africa and what led up to what we are going through now? So that's going to be the topic for today. It's going to be interesting. I'm giving you a little bit of a history class and stuff like that. So keep listening. Remember, this is the new show on Atsofemi Radio has never been better. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Active FM. Hot presenters, the best topics, the most entertaining presenters, everything you could ever want in radio. We're lifting Jesus up, we're lifting Jesus up, we're lifting... Radio has never been better. Now, like I said, that when people speak about corruption in South Africa, it's not something that's shocking. People are not like, despite the generation, it can be my generation, it can be my parents' generation, it can be my grandparents' generation. When you speak about corruption within the country, no one is really shocked. So now, it's probably because corruption is one of South Africa's oldest tradition. I know I say tradition, yes, it's one of South Africa's oldest tradition. And citizens' anger about corruption, a constant theme in South African politics, debate about the corruption that happens within South Africa. Now, I read an article and I was speaking to a few people and stuff like that and actually decided I'm going to go into the deep history or look into the history of corruption within the country. Now, it's basically believed that corruption has been a constant feature of the South African political life for much of the past 350 years. It is deeply embedded and will take a concerted effort over years, not days, to defeat it. I mean, we know the answer to defeat corruption 
in South Africa, and that is the blood of Jesus, that is praying and stuff. But we're going to look into the history of South Africa. Now, a lot of people literally believe that corruption basically started in colonialism, apartheid, and it basically started around that time. So before apartheid, there was that, and then, yeah. So corruption in South Africa dates back to colonization in 1652, when Jan van Riebeck, the Dutch East India Company employee, who was sent to colonize the Cape, got the job because he was given a second chance after he was fired for ignoring the company ban on using his office to pursue personal financial interests. In the period of Dutch rule he began, which lasted until 1795, was marked by tax evasion and corruption by public officials under the British rule, which followed that of the Dutch. Public spending was directed to serve public interest. The most prominent colonialist of the time was Cecil John Rhodes, who was forced to resign after he gave a friend an 18-year monopoly catering contract for the government-run railways. Basically, that's where corruption started. And as we can see, it's a trend, a type of corruption trend within South Africa, which is financial interest. Now, this person basically gave his company or his friend a company, and that is financial interest. Now, Paul Kruger's Transvaal Republic, the Afrikaner-governed state against which the British fought at the turn of, of the century, was riddled with nepotism and economic favors for the connected. The British administration, which replaced, served the interest of mine owners of whom owned bestowed special privileges. What today is called stage capture, the use of the state to serve private interest was common to Africana and British rule. Given this history, it is not surprising that corruption was a constant feature of the apartheid period. Black people were its chief victims since they had no rights and so no way of protecting themselves against abuse, but they were not the only ones, as politicians and officials used government power for personal gain. The most corrupt period in the country's history was the last few years of apartheid, when the attempt to combat the successful international sanctions campaign made corruption protected by government secrecy the core government strategy. This was often done with the collision of private businesses. So we can see that corruption was there from the moment that we were colonized here in South Africa. Corruption had already started. They brought in corruption. I mean, the person who was sent to colonize the Cape was almost fired because of corruption. Now, if you look at blurring the lines within corruption, by the time majority rule was achieved in 1994, corruption had become deeply embedded in the way the government operated and in how business related to government. This directly affected the way South Africa was governed in, after 1994, despite the efforts of Nelson Mandela and his deputy Thabo Mbeki. A particular feature of the last years of apartheid was a blurring of the public and private, which was continued into a new order in at least two ways. The first was obviously corrupt. The illicit networks which operated during the last years of apartheid recruited people in the new government. Former enemies quickly became business partners. The second was more complicated. It was widely assumed that the ANC would soon govern but its senior officials lacked the means to live the lifestyle expected of people of standing. 
businesses for motives both pure and impure stepped in to help with cars homes and private schools so obviously now the ANC was going to rule and stuff and there were businesses that helped in inverted commas because they had their own motives to help out the ANC. Now, when businesses realized they would need black business partners, the only candidates they knew were the political activists with whom they negotiated. So it was to them that they offered the shares and seats on the boards, which were essential if businesses was to adapt to new political realities. The seeds of post-1994 corruptions were therefore deeply planted into the country's past. But corruption since then is also a symptom of another way in which the past was carried over into what was meant to be a new society. Before 1994, the groups which controlled the state used it to ensure that they controlled the economy too. Now, British rule gave English-speaking mine owners special favors, which allowed them to run the economy. After 1948, white Africana rule was used to build the power and wealth of Africans' own business. But the post-1994 democracy has offered black businesses at best a role as junior partners of their white counterparts. Corruption has therefore become the means which some black people who want to raise to the top used to seek to achieve the dominant role enjoyed by previous business classes whose group controlled the state. Corruption within the country has literally been, because I'm this ethnic group, I will basically bring up my ethnic group, despite of who may already be within the business and stuff like that. So it's literally been, I'll use black people, black people bringing black people up. So they brought in BEE or triple BEE and stuff like that. Now, corruption is also a symptom of the fact that the settlement which brought democracy left intact an economy which is highly concentrated so that new entrants find it hard to make their way in. Some turn to politics to achieve the middle or upper class life that they are denied by an economy that cannot penetrate no matter how hard working and enterprising they are. It therefore answers a widespread need which may explain why the corrupt networks are deeply rooted particularly to a local and provincial level. Now how are we tackling, so now that is basically the history of, of corruption within the country. We see that it started from the moment we were colonized and probably even before that and there's probably stuff that they weren't really speaking about within this article and stuff but corruption has been in the roots and it is in the roots of what south africa is right now now tackling corrupted so corruption is far more deeply rooted than current accounts would have us believe reformers such as president Cyril Ramaphosa confronted a widespread reality which because it reflects patterns which go back many years and springs from the exclusion of many from the benefits which democracy was meant to bring and can survive shocks removing a few high profile people will not change because the networks will survive as they have done since the departure of former president jacob zuma and the gupta family who were meant to be the cause of all the problems so if you remove someone else, someone else will come back. It's like that that myst, uh, mystical or mythical mythical creature where you cut off one head and another head grows back because the network is there. None of this means that sharply reduced corruption in South Africa is impossible. 
but a successful attempt to do this will, will need more than the instant cures favored by the national debate, some high-profile convictions and barring people accused of corruption from public office. Deeply rooted problems created over centuries demand thoroughgoing solutions which will take time to work. While this requires more patience and understanding than the national debate uh, seems willing to offer, the alternative is many more years of public railing at corruption while the problem remains because its causes have been ignored. So this article that I just read basically speaks about the history of corruption within the country and they basically speak about the fact that you cannot... so removing people from office and dealing with it in public in inverted commas and bringing out articles and all of these things will not end the corruption in the country because the corruption is basically rooted and it's how government has been surviving and it's how government works and stuff like that. Tackling the corruption will not happen overnight. And as a Christian, I know that what's this, the only thing that can tackle the government is through prayer, we, as a country, if we stand together through prayer, like 1994 wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for the church. So corruption can be, de definitely be dealt with because of the church. Now, the South African Council of Churches on Sunday, which was yesterday, said that it was ashamed of the level of corruption across the country, equating the looting of COVID-19 funds to an act of genocide. Now, uh, the council launched its anti-corruption campaign in a bid to bring those implicated in the plundering of government resources to account. Church leaders said that given the corruption was a direct attack on the citizens, it had resolved to protect the vulnerable. They committed themselves to work with government and other organizations to eradicate corruption. So I think that it's actually time that the church steps in and begins to do their work within the government. There are leaders or there are government officials that I personally believe that if they had to be put in power, our country would literally live for a revival and stuff like that. So I personally believe that the church should step in and deal with the corruption. And as a church in South Africa, we should actually pray for our government and pray that their, their eyes are actually opened to all of this and that a revival basically takes place. And that's what we have for today's show. Now, I want you to let me know if you think that the corruption within the country is literally just now, or it's, as, as I read in the article, something that has been deeply rooted within the history and in the past, in South Africa's past. Remember, I'm your girl, Cynthia, but you know you can call me Geeks, and I'm on the new show on Active Family Radio has never been better. Rapid Trade is passionate about mobility and solutions that make a difference in your business. From mobile sales and sales management to van sales and proof of delivery. For a, For a demo, demo, call Rapid, Rapid Trade 011-493-9755. Rapid, Rapid Trade, ahead of the game. So you can catch us on our different platforms. We're on Instagram at ActiveFM777. We're on Facebook, forward slash ActiveFM. And we're on Twitter at ActiveFM. And then if you want to download our shows, you can download on Google Podcasts, on Apple Podcasts on www.activefm.co.za and we're also on Spotify so you can get downloading. Um, let us know. Remember I say that I want to know, do you think that the history of South Africa brings about corruption or is the corruption just something that has 
recently come out and and stuff now active fm is also on whatsapp so you can whatsapp us and let us know your thoughts so if you're not in south africa our our country code is plus two seven if you are in south africa you don't need to add the plus two seven but if you listen listening to the show out of south africa our country code is plus two seven so it's plus two seven um eight four five zero five one one six six so i'm gonna say that again plus two seven eight four five zero five one one six six so you can chat to us on whatsapp and if you've got any questions or any thoughts you can also let us know through that so get downloading get commenting let us know what your thoughts are and share active fm to all those around you remember i'm your girl cynthia but you know you can call me gigs right on the new show on active fm where radio has never been better active fm radio has never been better